Welcome to the Men's Global Livestream. If you have a Bible, I want you to hold two spots we're gonna be looking at today, one in Hebrews chapter six and the other in Galatians five. We're doing a series right now called Where the Light Is. God's word commands God's men to walk in the light as he is in the light. In fact, Jesus, we're gonna see in your downloaded notes, there's an invitation by Jesus himself for you to walk in the light. So in this series, we're looking at five keys to having a strong relationship with God and staying where the light is. And to get us thinking about this fourth key that we're gonna talk about in today's session, I want you to think about how early in life, you gotta start making some basic connections with the basic elements of life. For example, water. Water is wet. Right? Sometimes I need to drink water. Sometimes I swim in water. I can drown in water. I could slip and fall wherever water is. Water is wet. That's a basic connection with the basic element of life that drives basic choices for the rest of your life. You got to understand that water is wet. It's part of everyday life. Same could be said for fire. Fire is hot. That can be positive. That can be negative. Uh, and I have to make choices when I'm around fire because it's a basic element of life um cement is hard ouch right you ever taken a hard fall off a skateboard or just fallen and tripped and uh, hit the cement you discover very quickly it's harder than your body and things break but cement also is used to pour foundations and build stuff and you know these are the basic kind of elements of light you start making these uh connections now the big idea here is that everyday life, as a human being, living life, you gotta make basic connections through contact with stuff to make basic choices. Now, before leaving earth, Jesus told his men that in order for life with him to continue in his absence and before his return and to be where the light is, the man of God has to make conscious contact with the most basic element of a relationship with him. And that's with the Spirit of God every day, moment by moment. I'm gonna repeat that again. In order to have a relationship with Christ that is vibrant, activated, you have to make conscious contact with the Spirit of God on a daily and moment by moment basis. In fact, Jesus said to his followers, Everything about knowing him hinges on your relationship to the Holy Spirit. In other words, our life in God does not happen apart from the Spirit of God. Everything depends on this one powerful spiritual element that we have to understand, that we have to make contact with, and that we have to integrate into our life. So here's the question as we enter in to today's study. Are you, man of God, making conscious contact with the Holy Spirit on a daily and a moment by moment Jesus? If so, Jesus says you're going to have a strong connection to him and you're going to be where the light is. All right. The opposite is also true. Even though you might be fooling yourself that you're having conscious contact with Christ apart from conscious contact with the Holy Spirit, 
The opposite's true. If you don't have conscious daily contact with the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, you can't have a strong relationship with God because your whole relationship with God hinges on that contact with the Holy Spirit. So I hope I made my point. And in this session of Where the Light Is, we're gonna get into how to make practical, conscious contact with the Spirit of Christ. So here's where we're headed. Uh, we're gonna get God's mind, as we always do at each part of the study, on why walking in the light is super important and what the dynamic uh, of it is. And then we're gonna dive into how a proactive and conscious partnership with the Holy Spirit keeps us in the light. So you can take out your downloaded notes, look at the theme verse for our study at the top, John 8, 12. Uh, let's read that, ready? Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So there's an invitation from Jesus to follow him. So if you're watching this, that's still his invitation on a daily basis, initially and ongoing, is follow me. And the promise, if you do that, is you're not gonna walk in darkness, but you're gonna have the light of life, which means you're gonna see life through God's eyes, and you're gonna experience eternal life. Now, I want you to listen to a man, David in this case, describe this spiritual phenomenon that Jesus talks about, but David talks about it in 2 Samuel 22. He says this, you, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Can't you just sense what David is feeling and sensing this phenomenon of knowing God and having it be transformational uh, and, and just what that, that involves. So let's just unpack a little bit from what God's word describes right there in 2 Samuel about just how it feels to walk in the light, all right? Number one, you get some new sight. You get new sight. And it's just simple metaphor, right? David says, you're my lamp and you turn my darkness into light. See that transformational aspect, that metaphor of darkness into light? David gets new sight. Number two, David gets new help. He says, with your help. Now, he knows God, he's in a relationship with God, he gets help, he gets support, he gets assistance. Now think about help in a real simple way, guys. Help makes things easier for someone, right? So David's saying, hey, not only do I have new sight, there's this transformation, I'm starting to see life through God's perspective, but man, then I get God and it's me and God right? And I get his help. And getting help from God makes my life more enjoyable, more easy, less painful. Why? Because I, I get his wisdom and his insight and his direction. Third, we see that knowing God and having him be your light involves new courage. He says, with your help, then he says, I can advance against a troop. So there's David, I, and then he's looking at a troop, which is a bunch of guys, and he's saying, let's see now, me plus God. Let's go, right? It's just against all odds. 
You know, you plus God, nothing's impossible. Jesus would say that. With man, this is impossible, but with God, say it with me, all things are possible, right? So when you're when you're in the light and you know the Lord, you're getting new sight, new help, new courage to go into situations that maybe you would have been afraid of prior. And then lastly, just from that verse in 2 Samuel, you get new power. He says, with your help, I can advance against a troop. There's the courage. With my God, I can scale a wall. Now, if you're watching any of the um, the Marvel movies, you know, these, these, these people have amazing power to just get over stuff. But that's fantasy, right? In real life, David's saying, you know what? I have new power. And the metaphor of scaling a wall is just, I have supernatural ability to overcome the things that look bigger than me. Why? Because God is bigger, right? And a big God provides big courage and big power. You see why this whole idea of walking in the light as he is in the light is so transformational, right? And that life, according to Jesus, just comes through being willing and open and believing and trusting in God. He talks about that in our next verse, Luke 11, 35 and 36. He says this, if you live wide-eyed uh, in wide-eyed wonder and belief, your body fills up with what? Light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a musty cellar. Keep your eyes wide open, your lamp burning, so you don't get musty and murky. Key sentence, keep your life as well-lighted as your best-lighted room. So Jesus is comparing and contrasting this whole idea of, okay, there's me, there's God, and I can have an open, believing, trusting heart posture toward God, and then that keeps me in the light and at, at full power. But if, if I'm like squinty-eyed, if I have a closed, fearful heart posture, or I want to take control, um, I can't walk in the light. And then the admonition and the encouragement is, hey, keep your life life as, as, as well-lighted as your best-lighted room, right? The encouragement is to stay in the light, keep your life well-lighted. And that's the whole purpose of this series. We're trying to keep our lives well-lighted with the light of God. So here's the big idea. Uh, write this down here at the top. Life in God involves transformations through God, right? There is There are transformations. When you have life in God, you know, this whole idea of walking in the light, darkness to light, um, having help, courage, power, that all transforms your life from what it was to what God intends for it to be. And that's where a lot of us are, guys. There's your life as it was and as it is, and then there's your life the way God intends it to be. And you can't experience that life unless you're open, willing, believing, trusting in Jesus and keeping your life well-lighted and transforming. All right, so that's a little bit about God's mind on being where the light is. Now let's look 
at the next key. And if you remember in part one, the first key was, hey, we gotta understand God's character. And the Bible says that he is light and he doesn't blend darknesses with his life. Can't do it, it's against his nature, right? So that's a key to staying in the light, God's character. Then there's God's word. His word is a lamp to our feet. He provides us with his word to keep us in the light, right? The light of his word. It is the flashlight, it is the floodlight for all issues that you can shine into the different facets and dimensions of your life to stay in the light, right? And then third, we looked at the third, the third key, which is the people of God. So character of God, word of God, people of God, that if you want to, to, to stay in the light, you gotta be with people of light. You have to be around other men. You have to be around other men of God, men of light, men who are seeking Jesus, men who are responding to Jesus's invitation, transforming and having him turn their darkness into light. That's another key to having a strong relationship with God and staying in light. Now, fourth key is God's spirit, right? Talks about this in Hebrews chapter six, and it says this, once people have seen the light, gotten a taste of heaven, and been part of the work of the Holy Spirit, once they personally experienced the sheer goodness of God's word and the powers breaking in on us, if then they turn their backs on it, washing their hands of the whole thing, well, they can't start over as if nothing happened. That it's impossible. So do you see here in God's word how experiencing the work of the Holy Spirit is mission critical to staying in the light? You see the light, you're starting to experience these transformations, and you're participating, listen, in the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, because it breathes God's word. The Holy Spirit, because he's God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in people, right? Coming into people and through people and to you and encouraging you, right, to stay in the light. And that's a powerful experience. That's why I'm glad uh, that the wording is in God's words that once they personally experience, you know, because I know a lot of us out there were like, yeah, I would say I have faith in God. I would say I have faith in Christ. I would say I believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but you've never experienced or had a validating encounter with the Holy Spirit. But that's what God wants for you, personally experiencing the Holy Spirit, or maybe you have in your past. Well, personally experiencing the Holy Spirit is not a one-shot deal. It's not an event. Experiencing the Holy Spirit is a day-by-day -day and a moment-by-moment -moment partnership. And that's what we're gonna look at. It's, it's a lifestyle. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna unpack life in the Spirit and kinda make some connections to our daily life, and then that'll help us to make some choices to partner with the Holy Spirit. So number one, life in the Spirit is a life that pleases God. You wanna stay in the light? You wanna be connected to God's spirit? Look at what it says in Galatians chapter five. It says, my counsel is this, live freely 
animated and motivated by God's spirit. Might want to circle that one on your notes. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the spirit, circle that one, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. You know, that's really the challenge uh, of the Christian on a daily basis, to work out what God has worked in. If you're watching this live stream, this men's global live stream, and you're a Christian, you cross the line, uh, you, you believe in the person of Christ, that he's God, and the work of Christ, that he died for you, and you've say, said yes to the person of Christ as your Lord and the work of Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that God has deposited the Spirit of his Son, poured out the Spirit of his Son into our lives, right? Galatians 4, 6. That reality now has to be worked out. And that's why I like the language here in Galatians chapter 5. See, you have this lifestyle that's free and animated and motivated by God's Spirit, which has been deposited in every believer, but we have to access it. And you know that you're accessing God's Spirit when you're becoming less compulsive, less indulgent, less selfish, you're not responding in uh, a fleshly way. You're responding in new spiritual ways. And I love the, the admonition here. It said, just don't hold it as an idea in your head. It's nice to believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But really, we're understanding right now that, oh my gosh, we have to activate this transformational power. And when we do that, we live a life that pleases God. How many of you right now want to live a life that pleases God? Well, you gotta have, you gotta live your life in the spirit, all right? So that's the first dynamic. Life in the spirit involves a life that pleases God. Secondly, life in the spirit is a life that experiences God. And I want you to focus on that word, experiences, right? When you have an experience with someone, it validates who that person is. Like, if I don't know you, but I hear about you or my friends talk about you and like, oh, you should meet this guy. He's a great guy. You'd really love him. But it's not until I actually experience that person, connect with that person, talk with that person, interact with that person, maybe do some sports with that person or, 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 or do an activity of some kind. Now I get to know that person. That experience with that person validates, right, what I think I know about that. And you know, guys, that is where our experience with God hinges on our partnership with the Holy Spirit. Look at what it says here in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. This is the validating encounter. It says this, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things, right? So what the Bible says is that when you encounter the Holy Spirit, you encounter love, God's love. You encounter God's joy and it leaks on you. You encounter God's peace. These are all validating encounters. You encounter and experience more patience. You become more kind when you are in conscious contact with the Holy Spirit. You become more good. You become more faithful. 
right? You become more gentle when you could be harsh. And guess what? This is the best one of them all, at least for me, self-control. You mature, you get some self-control in your life. See, those are all validating encounters, validating experiences with the Holy Spirit. So now we're really raising the value of living life in the Spirit because it keeps us in the light. We, ex we please God, we experience God. Number three, life in the Spirit receives the power of God. And what I love about Scripture is that it really encourages something that we can get in an authentic, healthy way from God versus a synthetic way from broken male culture, and that's power. You know, one of the big issues right now in culture is don't give a man power. Why? Because it drives him into self, right? He's going to abuse it. He's going to abuse his wealth or influence or position, and others are going to suffer because he has a synthetic relationship, an unhealthy relationship to power. That is not what the Bible talks about. When you have an active, conscious partnership with the Holy Spirit, you have the healthiest power in the universe working inside you, bringing out the good that is in you. Look what it says here in Ephesians chapter 3. It says, my response, right, this is Coach Paul, and he's talking about other Christians. He says, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth, I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. Anybody need a little bit more strength to be a better man? See the compare and contrast? He's praying that God's spirit would strengthen us from the inside out and you notice the compare contrast. Not a brute strength, right? But a glorious inner strength through Christ dwelling in us. See, that's what the world needs, man. That is what the world needs right now. Not the broken male strength, the synthetic thing that takes power and uses it for self. And when we use it for self, others suffer. Just take a look in the headlines with all the men who are getting outed because they have a synthetic, cultural version of what power is. It's, it becomes brute, brute strength. It doesn't care about other people. But God has available to us glorious inner power through the Holy Spirit. And who doesn't want that, right? So, life in the Spirit is a life that pleases God. Life in the Spirit is a life that experiences God. Life in the Spirit is a life that receives the power of God. Fourth, life in the Spirit is life that is guided directly by God. My guess right now is that probably 100% of you watching this digital live stream have a smartphone. Um, you're either watching it on that or a tablet or maybe your computer, maybe you're in a church hall, around tables at your church, which is cool. Um, but 100% of you have a phone. And on that phone are your little apps and you scroll right and left to get to the right one. Well, the one that is so mission critical is that, is that, is that, is that Maps app, whatever you use 
Google Maps, Apple Maps, Waze. I don't know what you use, but you click on it. Guess what? You get guidance, right? In areas where you don't know where to go, where to turn, where something is. All you gotta do is plug in an address or a business name um, or a residence and that app will guide you directly to your destination. Do you know that God has deposited the Holy Spirit? It's supernatural technology. And all we have to do is activate it and listen. And that's what Jesus said. He said, I'm gonna give you this spiritual technology that's gonna guide you. Listen to what he says in John 16, 13. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you, circle that, into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Isn't that how getting directions works? You're told, all right, in a couple miles, you're gonna make a right turn here. I'm telling you what is to come. Why? Because that technology is gonna get you to your destination. Listen to me. God has a destination for you today and tomorrow and ultimately toward heaven. But for now, right, he has a destination for you. And if you're not doing life with the Holy Spirit, you're missing out on that guidance. And you know how frustrating it is not to get to where you wanna go? I mean, guys are notorious, right? Then in pride, we try to figure out where we're going. We don't ask for help, which is totally foolish, right? It's just pride. But for people who access the technology available or even just ask someone, right? They get to their destination faster. Men, this is what God wants for you this morning. He wants you to get to that destination as, as efficiently and smoothly and quickly as possible, but you are not gonna get to his destination for your life apart from the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we have to live life in the Spirit. Number five, life in the Spirit is a life that receives revelation from God, right? God knows stuff we don't know. Then he reveals what he knows to us. In John 14, 26, Jesus says this, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So not only do we get guidance, but we get revelation, right? The spirit of God speaks the mind of God to us, okay? And that's what we need. The Bible says, this isn't in your notes, but you can write down Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says this, it says the secret things belong to God, but that which is revealed, belongs to us so that we may follow all the words of this law. So God's not gonna tell us everything, that would be too overwhelming, but he tells us the, the right things we need to know for the right issue at the right moment so that, so that we can experience what he knows. The Holy Spirit takes from God and he reveals it to the believer. How many of you guys would love to hear what God knows? Well, you're not gonna hear what God knows unless you have a, a proactive, conscious contact 
with the Holy Spirit and understand that that's what his mission is, is to tell you what God knows and what you don't know so that you can follow what God knows. Amen? Saved my life so many times. And God wants to save you in your situation right now. All right, let's go to our last and sixth uh, key element of life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit is a life, listen, that is born of God, right? When Jesus is describing uh, life in and through God, he, he puts it into a context every under, everybody understands because 100% of people watching this, 100% of the 7 billion people on earth have been born, right? And it's mysterious and it's beautiful and we see it, but then he, he takes it to an even uh, better level and he says this in John chapter three, he says, so don't be surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God, listen, the spirit of God. So he's talking about what happens to a person, how transforming it is. It's like knowing God is like being, being born and given life from above, right? And that life from above comes from the Spirit of God. And just like um, the wind, which is mysterious, you can't see where it comes from, but you see branches move, you see things fall over, you see its effects, it is real, wind is real, wind is mysterious, you can't see it, but you can see what it does. You know, one of the greatest things about this men's community, this global live stream, the hundreds of thousands of guys that are a part of Everyman Ministries is that I get to see this very thing happen every day. It, it just, it is the most awesome and wonderful and mysterious and cool thing. As men's lives are born from above, God comes into their life. The Holy Spirit comes in, and then all of a sudden, in this mysterious way, like the wind, I don't know how it happens exactly, but I just know the Holy Spirit is real. I start seeing parts of their lives start to move and shift and transform. And I see evidence that God's Spirit is working in their lives, just like I see evidence when I go outside and the wind's blowing. I can't see it, I don't know where it's come from. I, I don't know where it's going next, but I can look at things, I can see things swaying, I can see things blowing, I can see things when it's powerful, I can see it blow over stuff, right? And that's the way it is with God. That's life in the spirit. And, and, and what I want you to hear very clearly is that if you wanna have a strong relationship with God, and you wanna be where the light is, which is a command in scripture, walk in the light, right? You have to understand that that involves life in the spirit. 
And life in the spirit creates these transformation or what I would call these turning points, right? Where you move as Jesus promised out of darkness and into light. Okay, that's a transforming picture that he presents. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He moves us, transforms us, and the landscape changes, right? So on your notes, it says turning points equal points of light. What's a turning point? It's a moment in time when decisive change happens, when decisive change turns. And I know that I'm talking to a lot of men right now and you're at a turning point. Just think, just think about it, accept it. That's what God is speaking. God is saying right now to thousands of guys watching this right now, I don't know where you are. Some of you guys are in your home. Some of you guys are in your car. Some of you guys are on a run. Some of you guys are out on a hike. Some of you guys are seeking the Lord, but you're listening to this message right now and God is speaking to you right now. You are at a turning point. And that can apply to 100% of us. But some of you are at more critical turning points in relationships, in marriages. I know that there are men right now where their marriages are on the line. It's a turning point. I know there are men right now where they're about to make a decision that could damage their reputation for the rest of their lives and they're tempted, right? There are men right now who are hearing a voice that's rationalizing the wrong thing, right? You're at a turning point. There are men who are, are getting called right now to give generously, all right? And they're, they're wondering if, if they should do it. If they should do it in faith, they should be generous. And you're at a turning point because God wants to show himself strong for you. There are, there are men who are deciding whether or not to start businesses right now and have a partnership. There are men who are deciding right now, watching this, and you're at a career transition. You're at a turning point. And what you need is you need the Holy Spirit to speak into this moment of your life. And, and God encourages us in his word to make sure that we need to, to move from the darkness and the cloudiness of not knowing to being in the light and experiencing his plan. Look at what it says. This is God speaking to every man who's at a turning point. All right, Ephesians 5. It says, don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose those things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness when no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step right now. Use your head right now. Make the most of every chance you get right now. These are desperate times. Turning points. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the spirit of God. Huge drafts of him. Sing hymns instead of drinking Drinking songs, sing songs from your heart to Christ, sing praises over everything. Any excuse 
for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master Jesus Christ. Do you see the power and the change in that encouragement? It's like, guys, we're at a turning point. We gotta leave the darkness. We need to expose, right? And confess that darkness and get out of that darkness, right? And expose it to the light of Christ, to the light of God's character, to the light of his word, to, to another man of light in your life, and to expose it to the Holy Spirit. And then ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us with God's light. Drink deep of the Holy Spirit and turn this moment from a moment of darkness into a moment of light and a moment of worship. And perhaps that is what God is saying right now for us to ignite this turning point, this supernatural moment right now for you personally right now is that we need to begin to worship God. We need to invite the Holy Spirit right now, all of us together, so that we can experience that next turning point, that, that, that shift of decisive change that's going to move us more into the light and more into God's purposes. So if you're ready to do that, I want you to put your Bibles down, put your notes down. We are going to pray and we are going to ask the Holy Spirit to move right now and we are going to worship and God is gonna move. Let's bow our heads and let's invite the Holy Spirit right now into this moment. Holy Spirit, together with my brothers, with individual men right now, in places all over the globe, God. We just want to be in agreement that we want a partnership with you because you are God. And Jesus, you said that the Holy Spirit would provide that strong leadership in your absence. So we want to declare right now our desire, Holy Spirit, for a strong partnership with you right now and every day. Holy Spirit, say it, Holy Spirit, I want to please God through you. Say it, Holy Spirit, I want to experience God right now in my life through you. Say it right now, Holy Spirit, I want to experience the power of God and I receive the power of God through you. Holy Spirit, I want to be guided by you. Holy Spirit, you are the key. Holy Spirit, you're the vine and the life that, that brings life to the branch. Holy Spirit, you're the potter of my life. You're shaping me into the image of Christ. Holy Spirit, you're the shepherd, Jesus, who's providing me that direction from Jesus so that I can have a turning point and so, Holy Spirit, move me now into the light. Move me to my next decision of light that reflects you, Christ, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, control me. Holy Spirit, glorify God in my life. Holy Spirit, fill me with your power right now in Christ's name. And all God's men said, amen. God, I, I know it. God has just affected 
some massive shifts, and I want to coach you up. What you sense God doing is supernatural, and now it's going to require you to take a risk and step of faith. So you know what you need to do. Now you actually need to complete this turning point with an action that requires faith. And I just want to coach you up. Go do that. As soon as you possibly can, go do that. And God's going to move powerfully in your life, right? Now, next week, we're going to wrap up this series. Don't miss it. It's going to be super powerful. We'll see you then.